You know, Malencho would not seem nearly as burdened if she knew. You know, Malencho would not seem nearly as burdened if she knew about Audible.com because she could have audiobooks. You can fit infinite audiobooks on your back, strangers. Kee hee hee hee. So uh, if you want to be unlike Melentia, which you do, go to audibletrial.com forward slash bonfireside chat. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. Drang Lake's been a pile of rubble since the war, thought long, long ago. When the giants crossed the sea. Seemed like the battles would never end. They say these trees grew from the remains of the giants. From each carcass sprouted new life growing into what you see now. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is CJ. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a cursed favorite. And this episode, we are talking about the Forest of Fallen Giants, uh, continuing our discussion of Dark Souls 2. And as you heard, we're joined by CJ from the Twin Humanities Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back, CJ. No, I appreciate being invited back. Thank you. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. We, had, we had a good laugh last time. So, uh, so yeah, lots to, yeah. lots to chow into, lots to talk about. And a few giggles. <laughs> I'm worried yeah. that I will not be able to keep up with you. So. Yeah, th- this, is, this is going to be a dour death march. <laughs> because we're talking about war here, fellas. Giants died. <laughs> There's no time for jokes. Think yeah. about it. But if you're going to die, a forest is quite a nice place to, to do you it. Can, yeah, you can do this in real life. There's that whatever that way of dying that I've mentioned where like you can have yourself uh, pulverized and turned into uh, uh, fertilizer for a tree. Like there are parts of – it's true. Like there are parts of Europe where like you die, they, they kind of grind you up into a freeze-dried meal and then plant a tree. And the tree – instead of cemeteries, they have forest. How beautiful oh. is that? Like – that's a, that's like the best idea for what to do with our dead. Oh man, short story idea. Okay, so you're born, and then your uh, the the your placenta is used to plant a tree, and then right next to it, you plant your death tree, and you see how they compare. Oh, <laughs> this is this is almost like one of those makeover shows that we like. Uh, just need <laughs> montage music. We're like. Well, Gary and Diane went off for a lovely meal. We brought in the volunteers and we started doing up the death tree. Oh, look, yeah. you're going to die early. Join us next week when we'll be in Nottingham. Cool. Bye. My favorite part about what you just said is that uh, instead of positing it just as like an art exhibit or something, you posit it as a short story of idea where the, the central conflict of the story is seeing how two trees grew. Yep. <laughs> well, no. Okay. So I, I was about to, I was about to elaborate on that. So say, okay. you, say you were born in America and you died as an expatriate in Argentina. Okay. And you, With you so far. Yep. Your birth tree is in America and your death tree is in Argentina. You know, thousands of years pass and some little Argentinian boy finds the tree and sees that it's remarkable and boom, he is transported to America, which is a different land. Ooh. And so the idea is these two linked trees teleport. Oh. And with space travel being what it is, that is how wormholes happen. Yeah, we just throw like human seed bombs onto other planets. Mm -hmm. Portal 3 sponsored by IKEA. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, seed ma- seed sacks. Yes. <laughs> hey, you see what these two trees can do? Never mind that. Sit on that wardrobe and see if you come out on the table on the hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just Gaia bomb another planet and boom, it's an interstellar subway yeah. system. Done. I remember um, Warren Ellis telling a story years ago about he went to somewhere like Iceland or Finland and was brought out the local delicacy. And it was essentially a sheep's face. And it was it was heavily salted and cured because um, in the olden times uh, the the poor were taxed so heavily that all that was left of the of the sheep sort of once the the, the lords had had their uh, had their cut was basically the face and the arse and the um, the the legacy that went with this uh, this sheep's face was uh, look the beast in the eye and eat the beast otherwise the beast will eat you and essentially <laughs> sort of uh, if you if you didn't do that that you you know, you die of hunger. Is so, it metal? Anyway. Yeah. yeah is it metal? <laughs> I think that's that is incredibly the most, metal. The most Warren Ellis story that's ever been. To. <laughs> that's, that's a very, like, Warren Ellis thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a great story. The skull you're left with is probably metal. And you can you can just imagine sort of like a, a midget headbanging in the corner um, <laughs> at, at the same time, just to, in a kind of, uh, um, oh, what the, the Beavis and Butthead kind of way, just, it's, it's, just while you're eating it. It's it's so rare that I get to eat a face, and every time I do, like I like to appreciate it because it is metal, no matter what the face is. Even the smallest ant creature, if you're eating its face, that's pretty good. Maybe like maybe that affects everything that you eat afterwards. Like somebody uh, offers you an apple, and just like you just grab a mark, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I draw a little face on every egg I eat. Yeah. I used to joke. My my ex wife uh, comes from a, a part of Illinois where. Um, you know, there were some shootings for a while, uh, called Rockford, Illinois. And, uh, you know, somebody got shot in the face like a week before we were there. And I used to joke, she left her bag in the car and is like, someone's going to draw a face on that window, shoot it and steal your bag. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and she took it, had a lot of hometown pride and took offense at that. Oh, so, I was like, quit shooting people in the face. <laughs> None of this Rockford is going to be the appendix. Oh, it's, yeah. oh, it's your, it's your edits. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, oh, we, had, we had quite a bit to go out for the appendix last time, didn't we? So, uh, <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. No, well, let's, let's, let's go on to uh, the metal thing that is the Forest of Fallen Giants. What did we do previously? Well, previously we jumped into a skeleton tornado and were greeted in limbo by an old lady in red. Then we stumbled into the seaside town of Mint Julep and met a young lady in green who said we could be the new king. Looking up a rocky coast, we spy a cliffside fort and say, eh, might as well. Yeah, which I uh, spent about an hour going to Hyde's Tower of Flame instead because <laughs> I didn't see this. Right. Um, and kind of a, a real like awesome subversion of you know the area you're not supposed to go in Dark Souls One is you know down in the graveyard, mm-hmm. and uh, in this one the area you are supposed to go is down. And if you kind of go the way that looked obvious to me, um, the enemies are way too tough. And I also I think at that point uh, possibly was in the Covenant of Champions or what have you, and just had a. <laughs> Got, got wrecked by those giants. It's so funny so that those two things out. are next to each other. Yeah, yeah. Go fuck that's, yourself. That's really in for a penny, in for a pound, yeah, isn't it? I'll yeah. make it harder and go in down for, here. In for a pounding. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah so eventually I made it down to the, the actual area we're going to talk about. Yeah. But, hmm. Yeah, no. Um, good. I was going to say, like, so lore-wise, like, uh, what, do we, what do we know about this place? Well, um, I believe that the uh, the Emerald Herald uh, mentions that this was the site of a great battle, and that uh, and then I, I believe that uh, Shakwar um, also mentions that uh, the trees 
are uh, possibly the corpses of the giants who fell here. Yeah, Melentia mentions that. Melentia. That's the, okay. the soundbite I used at the top of the episode, hmm. which I haven't edited in yet. <laughs> but yeah, the, the giants, whenever they die, um, where, wherever they fall, a tree grows hmm. there, which, uh, which is, you know, really pretty thematically pretty strong in, in a game about immortality and endlessly coming back to life as a zombie. Mm-hmm. You know, like contrast the, the way that the, the, the giant's life cycle with the, uh, you know, with the chosen a dead's life cycle. And it's pretty interesting yeah. as, a, as, a, as kind of a, a study in contrast there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're able to kind of remain part of the same world without starting over. When I first heard Melentia sort of uh, mention that line of dialogue in uh, the beta, actually, mm-hmm. uh, when she said, when the giants cross the sea, the first thing that I thought of was um, Anne Orlando and the giants there and just these visions of them uh, coming across the ocean. Um, so whilst I haven't got a definitive because I've not finished the game yet, that was, uh, that was the vision I got that when they died, that the, you know, the, the trees grow out of, uh, whatever was left of them, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one of the, one of the trickier puzzles is the, you know, the definition of giant, right? You know, it's kind of like, yeah. are you talking about Boston, the band, oh, yeah. or are you talking about Boston, the city? Um, mm-hmm. you know, like, because they could just be referring to a different species, different race, or it could be the same, you know, as, as we saw before. Uh, so as a giant and the generic, is it referring to giants as the, as the race of gods? Uh, and there, yeah, there are two giants in Dark Souls 1. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's the, the slave giants and then the, uh, you know, the god giants yeah. as well. And also giant just means big as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so. I was going to say, yeah. it could just be sort of somebody that, that ended up, uh, ruling the kingdom or sort of overthrowing the people or, you know, a, a degree of magnitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely intentionally kind of muddy. I think that as far as, you know, who these, these giants were, I still don't totally know. And the reason why I kind of lend a little bit of credence to what CJ is saying is because of something we'll learn about, you know, a bit later. Um, I guess, no, actually we learn about it now because Valencia says, uh, you know, the giants cross the sea and, and we find out that the reason why is because Vendrick stole something right. from them. And we, we learn more about that later. We'll go in more into that. But that object, I think, is really kind of key to understanding the lore. Like, trying to figure out what that is, because that sets into sets into motion the crumbling of this kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't heard an adequate explanation that jives with everything. It's Marcellus so, Wallace's soul. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, his soul case. <laughs> the, um, his, his soul vessel. Yeah. Um, the, uh, that's what that briefcase is. That's why Marcellus Wallace wants it. He wants to respec. This king be a tiny white woman. Like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would that would be good if you then took that back to to Pulp Fiction. And it's just like a case full of life gems. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The police just just sort of shoot the place down. It's like a ching. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Get me my motherfucking Estus. <laughs> um, Is there a sign out front that says "Dead Hollow Storage"? <laughs> hey, we had to say the H word. <laughs> okay. The, um, the, the uh, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know what that is, but as far as we know, there's just a, a giant battle here between you know the the Vendrix army and the giants, the, and uh, the final battle. 
Yeah, the final, yep, exactly, the final battle. And we will learn more about that specific thing later, which is really cool. <laughs> yep. Um, but for now, we're just kind of in the aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Emerald Herald explicitly says, you have nothing to fear that the battle is over and no one will fight you, <laughs> uh, which, which is not true. No. You know, in, in kind of mirroring the, uh, you know, her Priscilla, Priscilla ties, you know, that like a lot of people have kind of theorized, uh, you know, this is a peaceful land. Mm-hmm. No one, you know, its inhabitants kind. Yeah. Mm. Essentially, though, she she could say anything in that language and you know in that accent, and it would, it would just sound beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you'd, you'd just be listening to the tone of it, the, the 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 wonderful sort of slight sort of soft song of it. It's it's the it's the equivalent yeah. of going into a uh, a supermarket and having one of those automated uh, sort of service things where where they're like, um, uh, if you'll just take your receipt now, you're not really listening to it. It, c- it could be same sort of. Uh, your receipt will print off in the mouth of a small child near the freezing yeah, yeah, pot. Yeah, yeah. And you just, you just be like, oh, well, 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 well. I think your automatic checkouts are friendlier over there, CJ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ours only get friendly, friendly when you swipe the, uh, the, the value card. <laughs> the, um, I, just, I, I just imagine sort of like a get out of the store. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. why are you buying that? Can you not afford a more expensive one? Look at yeah. this guy. <laughs> the, uh. um, the, the idea of an automatic checkout that compares what you shop, what you buy to the person who bought directly in front of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a weird idea. Um, but the, uh, the, I think there is some kind of like, again, just keep going back to this lore, like mm-hmm. a little bit of significance to the Emerald Herald and whether you know, the fact that she is so gentle and on the surface, uh, you know, I am, I am a 100% good character who is helping you with everything. Mm-hmm. And I think similar to, you know, the, the Maiden in Black, obviously, where, like, you have to take that with a degree of suspicion. Like, I haven't quite figured out if that's true. And I, and that's the kind of a point where, like, ah, you know, if, if she is 100% legit, then I'm, I feel like there's not quite enough to this. If she's not, I don't know what she is. Yeah. But the idea that she kind of lures you into uh into doing things for her right away. Right. Like you immediately show up and she's like, Are you a monarch or are you the next vessel? Like, well, you know, that That's has nothing to do with, with why hello. I came here. Yeah. 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 Like what what are you talking about? You know, um you know, you came here because you are forgetting your family and to cure the curse. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get drawn into this thing immediately with yeah. no no preface, you know? Yeah. Well um, I mean so. every every Souls game before this has had a degree of manipulation. And yeah. so, you know, part of, but, but part of what I went into this with was, you know, trying to figure out who's zooming who, yeah. you know, to a certain extent. And I believe that I, you know, that there, there is an answer later, but, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of eye her kindness with a little bit of suspicion, you know, well, because, because nothing the is the first character that, that actually, uh, mm-hmm. offers you a kindness as well. I mean, there's the atrocity at, at the start and then you, you know, there's, uh, there's all the old ladies in bathrobes that are mocking you. Um, yeah. and you know, she's the first person. I mean, there's that beautiful music that kicks in anyway, but the way she speaks to you really softly is, is part of the, um, a part of how enticing Medulla is and how much it takes yeah. your breath away. You, you feel, I mean, even as, aside from sort of, you know, the, the, the rush of the ocean and the, the, the beautiful sky, there's, there's a warmth you feel at home there with the way that she speaks to you and, 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 and hence, the things that she says afterwards you you kind of trust because you it's your anchor to the world i guess yeah which is all intentional like the way that medulla feels is very intentional and to what intent i'm still not totally sure whether it's as put on the page or if there's something more to it but that's something that we'll explore Mm -hmm. and as as the the show goes on but i just want to talk about her telling you this is the the only time explicitly she tells you something that is false Mm -hmm. 
that I know of. Like you mm-hmm. are going to have no problem here and you go here and you immediately have soldiers up in your grill. Yeah. And what's funny is, you know, you, you go there expecting to fight giants, but in, but instead all of the resistance that you encounter is uh, kind of the remnants of the Dranglick army who went hollow and they, you know, all that they have is their last known purpose, which was to defend this fort. And now all of mm-hmm. a sudden you are the, the, the invading presence. Right. You're the giant. Yeah. You know, to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you have to go through kind of this little, uh, like airlock and, um, this cave system to get here. Um, I was, I thought about a lot about that as well, um, what the kind of purpose of that is. And I think that the kind of bigger buffer zones between areas, so, you know, we talked a little bit about, uh, last episode about how space is spacey wacy in Dark Souls 2, and we're actually traversing a continent, you know, as evidenced by that map. Um, and I think that part of the kind of the buffer zones that are large and you know, devoid of enemies and have this kind of like a stark utilitarian structure to them mask some of that. So like, I think during this time you are maybe traveling further than, than it initially seems, you know, like this battle wasn't that close to Majula. Majula would have got destroyed. You know, we see the battle later, like there wouldn't be a Majula, but I think we're actually moving further than that. And I think that's evidenced by the map later on. And also, you know, you can see it from the coastline, but it's still miles and miles away, more than you even cover. You get down, right. you get down into this riverbed, and not only does kind of the, the biome and the geology change uh, pretty drastically, um, but you're also, you know, like basically right at the front door after you get to this river. Right. So, yeah. Right, right. Do you yeah. think the Emerald Herald is, is kind of the anchor to that then? In the same way as uh, as the Maiden in Black was, you know, the um, the the anchor to the to the Nexus, if you will, that um, her standing by the bonfire and her being um, in Medulla sort of shortens that that time zone. She's the person that's there to kind of plug those gaps within those little traversals to 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 draw the time time space nearer. I guess. Yeah, maybe. I mean, she definitely seems to draw people towards her and not just yourself mm-hmm. you know and uh and and from kind of the you know, the corner literally the corners of the world uh people come in the achievement for getting everyone to come back to majula is called a gathering of exiles right. you know um yeah so she could definitely have that kind of force like it's just very yeah there's a lot to it it's very interesting because um, then we only see sort of part of uh part of her face as well like one of her eyes yeah so the, and the other be, one is a bowie eye bigger. You can mm. you can you can see it. Um, you have to kind of do some camera trickery, but her eyes are two different colors, yeah, like mm. a standard Bowie. Yeah. So, <laughs> or or a husky. Yeah. Yeah, standard husky Bowie. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're introduced to our first enemies uh, here, the Hollow Infantry, which are pretty much just kind of standard, you know, Hollows. Yeah. Like that, that we're pretty used to. It's um, it's a little bit like coming home and seeing old friends, you know, especially after kind of dipping into uh, Hyde's Tower, where it's like, oh, this is this is more like it. I have people mm-hmm. with bandits, you know, bandits, knives, yeah. and leather armor. This is obviously the Berg equivalent. Yeah, yeah. this this is where I should be. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know, going up this this beautiful river, I didn't find this uh, bonfire for a while, hmm. which was no, which neither. was frustrating. Yeah, because I ended up having to do that run up through all that that airlock and everything several times. Um, and it's pretty obvious in retrospect, but I just didn't uh, didn't see it. Yeah. So there's so much kind of gr- the color palette is so, you know, uniformly green and gray here that uh, things kind of tend to stick, you know, not stick out. Yeah. I think there's a, a subtlety t- tutorial as well with the with the enemies that come towards you as to sort of how to fight somebody with you know uh, uh, well how to fight one enemy 
and then how to fight a couple of them that come at you from there, um, how to deal with uh, an archer, then uh, that, you know, be ready to be to get paranoid that there could be somebody behind you when you're mm-hmm. dealing with that archer. So it, it, it's a, it's, um, I don't know, it's a, a very subtle um, tutorial without being heavy-handed. Without like, ah, here is one person with a knife, right. fight him, and here is two. And and uh, I even as a, a as an experienced player, uh, I appreciated how that would. Uh, bring new players into the fold and just get them thinking, sort of out of the, I don't know, out of the ballpark a little bit. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the game. It's the gameplay foyer. Like you're, yeah. you're you're literally following the river bend around the difficulty curve. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and immediately, so like, and they also introduce at the end of that the the soldier playing dead, mm-hmm. and then immediately as soon as you climb the ladder, you're introduced to all of those elements at once. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Like it is three soldiers, one archer, one soldier playing dead. <laughs> and then you know this uh Hyde Knight who you don't know what's going on just yet. Yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, it it is, you know, you you get the, the little component parts and then immediately is put together. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. love that. So it's almost like a look fast as <laughs> yep. they all sort of run towards you and stuff. And it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. You climb up directly into the center of them in this awesome arena that is kind of being overtaken by these by these roots, right? These mm-hmm. gigantic trees that are that are weaving their way in and out of this uh, of this fortress. It's almost like Isolith, you know, in a way where it's being overtaken by this by this force. Like you know, mm-hmm. they, they they came here and we vanquished these giants, but even in death, they are kind of like drawing um, the cracks apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kind of fighting it. You know, in a way, like they're still fighting the uh, structure of the fortress from from beyond the grave. Yeah, it's it's almost it's a textbook cool. pyrrhic victory, right? Like yeah. we won, but at what cost? Yeah, well, not the not the least of which because we're all hollow. Well, yeah, idiots now. <laughs> but the um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you're introduced to your first hide knight here. Um, you one of one of three that you're going to run into. Um, which, like I love the design on these guys. Mm-hmm. I think they look really really cool, and I love the uh, the kind of you know, the stillness and, and the fact that they're non-aggressive, like give me a non-aggressive enemy. Like I'm always excited about that, like an optional fight like that, like a big daddy or something like that. Um, I kind of, yeah. I, I started treating it like an NPC. Like I walked up to him and I was like, okay, so why can't I activate this? And then, and then when I was, uh, the, one of the, the guy who was playing dead got up and I went to lock onto him and locked onto the guy sitting down and I was mm-hmm. like, oh shit. Yep. You know, cause I immediately, you know, anyone who's not moving tends to be a good guy. Yeah. You know, or at least you're not a good guy, but a, mm-hmm. a non-aggressive enemy. But right. these guys are kind of the exception to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, they're, they're pretty tough, but taking them down almost always gets you a weapon that's, uh, that's overpowered for the area. Uh, specifically this guy, you get the hide short sword or just the hide sword, uh, which mm-hmm. has a different moveset, but also, uh, is, is imbued with lightning damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has very good scaling compared to other, uh, swords that you would have access to at this point. Um, so like taking him down if you're a melee build is, is, is incredibly, uh, wise. Yeah. And then they fight, I mean, or go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, so, um, with regards to, you know, uh, subtle tutorials, I, I love the way that his sort of fighting style wasn't obvious. You got that brilliant standing there and, and pausing and then throwing into the, into the massive, um, sword swipe. And then you've got, sometimes he goes, leads in with two, sometimes he leads in with three. And on the character, uh, I first played with, I hadn't got a shield at this point. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to say that it reminds me, he does fight, it's it's not quite as uh, standard and kind of rhythmic as the Black Knights, which are, these are the closest thing, you know, the equivalent. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a little bit of, like, the way he kind of throws his weight reminded me of Artorius. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in any way that I think there's a lore significance, but just the way that he's kind of off balance and a little bit kind of tilted to one side, you know, and, and kind of tricky in that way. Yeah. Um, and it's it, like a melee fight with this guy is kind of tough at this point. Like if you're a caster, it's no problem. Right. Um, but uh, a melee fight is, is, is fairly tricky. Yeah. But, like no, a, definitely doable. He's like a pixie song. You never know what the next like bar is going to bring, you know, <laughs> yep. just a little yep, bit. Yep. Um, I like how the, the their helmets kind of look like uh, Solaire's. They kind of have the, the, the bucket helmet mm-hmm. to a degree. Or, or like he's an agent of AIM. Like, you know, <laughs> AIM from uh, the comics. Yeah. He looks like an AIM agent. Mm-hmm. I could I could never sort of uh, quite figure out when I first saw him if he was sort of uh, his body language against that tree was sort of a, a quiet strength or a, or an emo teen pondering a breakup, um, <laughs> and then he almost looks like he's sort of listening listening to something on headphones. And I, I <laughs> and I was sort of thinking, what could he 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 be listening to? And then you know you just seeing him there and he's this this vision of strength and, and confidence. But in his head, it's like if you leave me now, you take away the. Biggest part of me. <laughs> it's even better if you then uh, if you then put that over the top of the battle that you have with it. <laughs> <laughs> that like you're seeing this like her and her on the outside. He's like, ooh, ooh no, baby, please. <laughs> it was uh, it, w- it was brought up when I was streaming this area that some lorester, uh, I believe uh, it was it, it was guess that it was Vati uh, said that these guys, um, you know, they're kind of the last remnants of Hyde, which we see later. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's very much kind of a mysterious kingdom and that uh, they're actually waiting around in their emo, you know, pose, waiting for somebody to take the best part of them um, because oh. they're they're waiting for an honorable death because they mm-hmm. are strictly like that kind of samurai knight. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. kind of like, OK, so somebody's going to come up and attack me and they're obviously going to have the balls to fight me, you know, just waiting for, you know, somebody to actually be able to do it. Right. 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 Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I don't think I've seen Vadi say that, mm-hmm. um, but it's possible that that came from a from a Vadiism. Like the thing that I knew that he said about them was that maybe originally they were not like they helped uh, passersby mm. or something like that. Like they were, you know, a, a guide or a guard. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I haven't figured these guys out yet. Right. So, Do you think it's it's almost like the, um, the 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 guy that sort of sits near near Firelink Shrine within the fact that they they they're not hollow yet, but they're on their way there. That they've they've kind of given up, um, yeah, and are, are slowly hollowing, but but not quite at uh, hmm. at that that stage yet. It's all the, all the people from Hyde who don't know how to swim. Like if you don't know how to swim, you turn into one of these knights. Yeah. Well, he, he, he is kind of wearing his disco jeans, and maybe maybe somebody's <laughs> somebody's pointed that out to him. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you kind of continue onto the fort. Um, there's some kind of standard, you know, shortcutting, and there's a way to go upstairs and get a short sword, which is pretty good at this point if you don't kill the hide knight or you don't have the staff to use that sword. Right. Um, because you you do start out less powerful in this game than you do in the previous one. Um, and kind of move through this this kind of hole that's been punched in the wall, where where trees and probably cannon fire has kind of uh, uh, broken in into this fort. Um, you know, making your way up, there's a nice little ambush at the top of some stairs with a uh, a fire bomber behind you <laughs> yeah. and some some hollow guys. And you're introduced to the next enemy, which are what are these guys called? Like the um, you know the knights, like as opposed to infantry guys. Uh, let me look at my guide here in front of me. Yeah. 
<laughs> going back to um, to to the Hide Knight sword while while you you're looking for that. Um, once again, tutorial wise, I thought this was a um, a great way of sort of telling a player to uh, go back to the opening area and learn how to level up. Mm-hmm. Because if you've got this sword that you can't use, and you go back to the opening area, you're then looking up how to use it. And when you come back, you're, you're stronger. You you do more damage with the sword itself, and it's I don't know. It, it almost seems like a, a process of you know subconsciously sort of running running a player through what to do when you get weapons that you that you can't use. Yeah, giving, yeah, how- giving you the loop or a way into the loop. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's what I did. I I I mean even as an experienced player, I, I got that, couldn't use it, went back, got enough souls to to get that, and um, I've, I've bought a shield. And at that point, I was in my natural playthrough, um, so I wasn't sort of because I started out as warrior, I think, mm-hmm. um, and so rather than two handing, I was now blocking and then attacking mm-hmm. with the hide knight uh, sword, and it. Uh, all of a sudden, I was—I'd I'd found momentum, and I, I just imagine that if a new player has maybe tried something like that or, or tried to figure it out, that that they might be uh, along a similar path, and mm-hmm. that's a that's a good learning process for how to how to progress in the game in itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these uh, the, the, these enemies that you find are just hollow soldiers. Okay, um, and they just are the upgraded. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they come in a couple of varieties. You have the, like, most of them are going to be two-handers, but you also run into, uh, the turtles. Not, not the actual turtles that you find later, yeah. but yeah. the ones with, uh, spears and shields. Yeah, those guys are son of a bitch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so as you, you kind of make your way up this area with the firebomb, uh, uh, ambush, uh, you get up to the kind of this landing and you make your way to the, the cardinal tower, mm-hmm. um, which is the, the fort proper. Right. Um, which you, you know, you want to jump in here. The, the bonfires are pretty generous. In this area, and the shortcutting is very generous, right. mm-hmm. I find, um, which is which is really nice. Uh, but before you know, before we go into that, there's a little detour, um, which you kind of have to know to do it to drop off this ledge right. and go into this area on the other side of the wall that you were just on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can look out and see this. And what's awesome about this fort is that it's more like a fortified city, and like you can see living areas and kind of like what you're what you're g- getting out to here is the outside of the of the wall. Um, but you're watching as, uh, you know, you're climbing on the scaffolding that was put up to try and mend these holes, mm-hmm. uh, that were blown into the side of the, into the side of the, of the fort itself. And that's how you kind of get down to this forest floor. Right, right, right. Which, yeah, by walking down this, this awesome tree mm-hmm. kind of area down here. And there's a bunch of just like, you know, aimless, uh, infantry guys down here, just kind of sadly like, you know, peanuts themed. <laughs> you know, just kind of, kind of walking around. Eventually, will fight you. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool, the the kind of important thing to note here, though, are, are two areas. One, if you go up to the fortress, you can see that it is uh, the interior of it is on fire, mm-hmm. um, and there's kind of just a raging fire that has been going. And if you know, you know, this battle is ancient times. You know, something's up mm-hmm. uh, with that fire. But then there's also this cave. Uh, well, there's a shitty side cave where you just get a helmet. And it's like, you know what? I have seven of these. Like, I've been killing guys this whole way. Yeah. Like, don't give me the stupid helmet. But, uh, this, this, uh, cave where you get kind of like what I would call kind of the Drake sword for this game. Yeah. Almost. The, the fire long sword. But that, um, which, the, the equivalent in Demon Souls took me through Demon Souls and in my playthrough of, uh, of Dark Souls 2, I'm still using the fire sword. I think it's hmm. fantastic. No, it's a good, it's a good weapon, but it's not like the best, you know, like it's not the best weapon as far as like, you know, yeah. once you know, kind of know how to optimize, you can find a better weapon. Like, it is a good weapon, though. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it is, you know, if you like the longsword moves at it is a good weapon. Yeah. Similar to, the, you know, you, you know. 
I think my favourite uh, part about it and the reason that I keep going back to it is when you two-hand it, the R2 attack is fantastic. That sort of um, Ricard's rapier-type stab is fantastic for for bottlenecking enemies mm-hmm. and then just giving those those double lunges and, and taking them out. I've, I found that incredibly handy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, just having access to to an elemental um, weapon at this you know th- th- this early in the game, and the fact that it also scales with your stats not as well as a regular longsword would, but like mm. it, it that that helps it veer out of the Drake Sword territory where it can have that longevity. Um, yeah, you know, that yeah. usefulness. It's slightly better than a, a Drake Sword, but it's not. Well, it's also slightly like not quite as powerful. Like when you mm-hmm. first get it. Like one of the things about getting an elemental weapon this early is signaling to you that elemental weapons mean something different. In the new upgrade yeah. system, like it is not nearly as powerful right. as it as it was before. Like if you can just find one at this point, like they are powerful, but they're not as powerful as they were in in Dark Souls One. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, around this area where you've got all that all that scaffolding, they, there seems to be uh, an item on a piece of scaffolding far above that, and I've not managed to find out how you get onto there. You can get it later. Oh, like you, you're, you're you, yeah, you're not there yet. Mm. So you, you will you will revisit this area. Yeah. So sorry to if you consider that to be a spoiler. Don't don't uh, you know beat yourself up trying to jump to it or anything though. Right. No, like I, was, I was just looking so. around and, and sort of wondering to different areas, just sort of trying to look off ledges and sort of figure out where I could go and where I, where I hadn't and what I hadn't missed. But mm. um, one thing that I do really like about the the point where you uh, you get just above here is that everything I, I felt as lost as I was in the Boletarian Palace, mm. that it doesn't seem mm. like, right, go here or one true direction through the areas, as, as seems to be the case with a lot of the other um, levels, if you will. Yeah. It seems mm. I, I felt wondrously lost and yeah. was you know still finding new stuff because um, I, I I had a little bit of a preview of the game, and when I came back to it in, in my main game, there was tons of stuff that I'd not gotten there. Mm-hmm. And I I always love it when a game uh, basically goes go nuts, figure things out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, to 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 that point, um, you know, what this area is also telling you is, you know, that there are completely optional places in a bunch of these you know in a, in a bunch of these levels or zones or whatever you're going to call them so i didn't initially see the bonfire down from the cardinal's tower by Malentia, and mm. this was the only obvious way forward to me actually because i saw the sign i was like oh here's this big gigantic thing and i spent not a, a non-trivial amount of time down here trying to think okay there's got to be something i'm not seeing there must be some geometry that i that that, that i'm not recognizing i can climb over um, yeah i'm the same yeah, and so yeah. and so I thought like, oh, this is leading me down into a blind alley, and I thought that I was going to have to get back there with that flame salamander, but yeah. uh, totally not the case. Yeah, and and God help you if you try. Like <laughs> the, the, this whole like I, the the whole point of that fire longsword thing to me seems to be uh, like be brave, you know, because they signpost that as an area you shouldn't go so hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you like all the ashen corpses and just it's always on fire. And I don't go anywhere that's always on fire <laughs> in real life. Like you're sometimes on fire, sure. Always on fire, never. Yeah. And the uh, uh, but you know you get this huge reward to get there. And later you can come back and and scoot around back there. But it is uh, it is exceedingly difficult. Like it is a you know late game kind of thing to do. Mm-hmm. Do you think picking um, up that sword there's this kind of a hidden lull that they know that you're going to then get back to the top? Hit those uh, those barrels and and inadvertently open up that shortcut to uh, Malenchi's bonfire because that's what happened to me. I kind mm-hmm. of got back and like, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> look, <Yeah. laughs> that would be pretty. Yeah. yeah, 
it's it's no accident that you get you're given a fire weapon this early. I think you get um, fire bombs for or no, she sells fire bombs. Yes, mm-hmm. um, which is also useful for that. But there's it's no accident that they're giving you fire things. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, let's talk about the the Cardinal Tower a little bit, which is going to be kind of your hub, and you're going to open shortcuts uh, to and from this. Yeah. Um, you know, you meet your first NPC in the area, which is the merchant hag Malentia, mm-hmm. um, who refers to herself as a hag. We're not being racist. <laughs> and uh, the uh, you know, there's not too much to her other than that she's a merchant. Um, you, she talks about how uh, when the war came along, you know, she decided to keep all of her possessions on her back because she lost a lot. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of the idea of like the human cost to this thing. Like there were citizens here, not just soldiers, and you know, it was rough on them. Mm-hmm. Um, she also, but it's interesting. She also sells uh, Leningrass key from the. So where did she get that? You know, like is she just kind of going around picking up, you know, the detrius like from you know maybe Leningrass lived in this this place yeah. mm-hmm. and left a left a key, or maybe he he fled and left that key and and she picks that up. Yeah, she. she I mean, doesn't she explicitly at some point state that she's a scavenger? Because one yeah. of her functions as a as a merchant is if you kill an NPC, um, certain NPCs anyway. Uh, she will pick up their gear and sell it to you. Yeah. So you know she's 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 probably uh, the Dark Souls Roomba. You know. Yeah, she's a hermit crab. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Kind and, of. Yeah, she looks like one too. Um, I also imagine that her, her husband is the um, the bloke that sells you stuff in Resident Evil Four. <laughs> <laughs> that like um, like she'll walk through the door at the end of the day and he'd be like. Hello, stranger. And she'll be like, uh-huh. you're a stranger to this land. All we get is strangers these days. Or when she's, when she's leaving to go out, she's, she's like, uh, I've got a bargain for you next time we meet my love. And then the audience like, ooh. And the camera closes in on him. He looks at the camera. He's like, hello, stranger. Audience bladders themselves laughing. What are you, boy? Um. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think you just like you. You just pitched a Mega sixty four skit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you know who Melinda looks like? Have you guys um, seen Labyrinth? Yes. Yeah. The the hag at the end of Labyrinth who has all the junk on her back. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's what that's what Melinda looks like. Second Bowie mm-hmm. reference. Yeah, I got I got Bowie on the brain. <laughs> I always got Bowie on the brain. Bowie brains. I always got Bowie brains. I'm never gonna own Bowie. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, she, I mean, she's not super interesting, but she's super useful. Mm-hmm. And uh, she also teaches you the lesson, exhaust everyone's dialogue. Yep. Like, if, if you want someone to go home with you, just talk to them until they can't talk anymore. <laughs> talk them into and submission. Yeah, talk them into submission. The game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so if you want to pick up uh, Melinda, just keep throwing eggs at her until she follows you back to Majula. <laughs> you just have that last, that last line of dialogue if you do walk away from her, which is... Which is almost a little sad, though, that she mm-hmm. she comes she comes across as uh, almost a little bit lonely, even if even if she she is sort of picking up trinkets from the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the last line that that she says, but it's always some something like uh, just something really. I don't know, she says bit. something about you being her only customer. Yeah. Like, won't you please? Like, don't leave an old lady something something. You're my only yeah. customer. Yeah, yeah. like that. Do you? It, is, it is kind of sad. Do you get the impression that she's hollow? Because she's one of the only, you know, Majula NPCs who doesn't have the shtick of like, oh, I forget why I'm here. She doesn't seem to be losing anything. She seems to be native. She 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 wasn't drawn here by the curse. Right? Yeah, she definitely wasn't drawn here by the curse. Like she she explicitly lived here before yeah. the war. Well, um, if anything, she's got the, she's got the same sort of mannerisms and uh, and sort of speech patterns as the uh, as the the ladies in red, shall we say, when you first hmm. enter the. Uh, Enter the world. They laugh. Hmm. They, they they all laugh with a K. 
Um, yeah, so there's some kind of miscellaneous treasure um, mm-hmm. around here. Kind of significantly, if you go upstairs, there's a door you have to smash through. Mm-hmm. Um, they introduce that. Like, So there are some doors that will not open from the side, but you can actually bash open. Um, so you should try that. Like that with the secret doors are trying to show you the new ways they're going to, to hide secrets. Right. Um, but the big thing you can do is you can kind of, uh, you know, before you do the, the speed run trick um, <laughs> by firebombing that wall from the inside, um, you head down the uh, head down the stairs there to this like awesome hellscape <laughs> um, where you look down and see salamanders um, in this little salamanders playground, you know, shooting fire back and forth and just hanging out in some flames <laughs> and uh, some soldiers playing dead there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only realized that you could uh you could drop drop down and, and fight those yesterday when I was when I was going around and somebody said, somebody left a message on the floor um saying um something something like drop down but you might need something and I was yeah. like what? And Sorry, it was right before ring. that kind yeah. of little pile of rubbish. And mm-hmm. I'm sure I'd tried to drop down with a with a cat's ring previously and it uh, just died from the fall so it was like ah. i believe you yeah. can do a plunging attack on them and that negates some of the fall damage mm-hmm. so that's okay, a way yeah. to sequence break down there although i can't recall if there are any like items that are worth that risk down there there's, whatever risk there's there the is. the the hawk ring yeah. so if you're an archer that, that's kind of worth it and there's some good titanite and some good souls but i think there's those a, enemies are amongst the hardest well. in the game yeah. Yeah. yeah well really lower significant shield too you get the uh, the rebel's great shield Mm-hmm. So you learn about, uh, I can't remember the name of the rebel guy right now, but he was, uh, Vendrick's left hand along with, um, Velstat, who you meet later. Um, so it's the thing with those, with the salamanders that you, I mean, I, I killed the, the first one from the top with, with arrows, got down to the, to the second one and, and again sort of plunged him with arrows from distance, went to that, that cave underneath, found sort mm-hmm. of a, somebody left a message with sniper spot mm-hmm. and managed to, from distance with running back and forward a little bit, uh, get one there and then the one after and the one that's right at the back that where the where the shield is mm-hmm. will won't turn back where the other salamanders do you chase you right out of the cave yep and i was i was like whoa <laughs> it is the uh yeah those things are among the hardest enemies in the game yeah mm-hmm. like I, I think those guys are so 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 tough yeah so so the rebel's great shield uh it, it belonged to Rame. Um, Rame, okay. Yeah, yeah. Who uh, was the, uh, along with Velstath, the left and right arms of the king. Um, and he kind of uh, was declared a traitor. Uh, and that, that shield notably has a uh, has a black raven on it, uh, which was Rame's favorite bird. So, you know, throw in Velka speculation here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and well, it's also, so, so we're going to talk pretty soon about uh, Pursuer, mm-hmm. just to get into it. So the Pursuer, or little, I mean, I guess we can bring it for when he pops up. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing, like something I realized that was interesting is that a lot of the materials refer to the pursuer's bird as a raven, even though it doesn't look like it. Right. You know? So I wonder yeah. if that was a late game change. Like if they, they changed that, you know, like when they were doing the early builds and people were writing the material for it, it was a raven. Yeah. And then they decided to not make it that. Yeah, because I was, because I thought initially that it, that it was an eagle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, that's definitely what it looks like. Yeah, but there's so there's so many other like kind of raven parallels that it bothers me yeah. <laughs> that it is an eagle. Like mm-hmm. I don't like that. I wish it was a raven and it was more interesting and fits with my you know <laughs> cosmology better. Your preconceptions. Do you think that yeah. that would that would, yeah. that would make it a bit too much of a of a nod towards Dark Souls too early? Because they the the place where I I went oh my god with regards to Dark Souls two and the connection to the to the original game 
was quite a way through my my playthrough, but it was so significant because they'd been yeah. that degree of build up. And if if I'd have gotten to the to the top of the the pursuer had been dropped by a massive raven, I'd have, my, my thought wouldn't have been what the fuck are you, which was which was my initial one. It would have been sort of a little bit. You're playing that card that early, so I'm <laughs> See, wondering I, if that's what crossed their mind. It still reminded me of the Raven, even without it, you know, having some kind of differences. And then the business with the nest that happens afterwards is immediately, you know, immediately evocative. So it's still, it's still, if played that card for me, it just kind of smudged one of the details in a way that like seems to fit less. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not trying to say. Uh, you know, it definitely is that but i still that's still what it feels like to me the cool you have a note here that's interesting like the fire salamanders being here um and you, you have a thing about it being kind of lore significance um it definitely so the the key to get into that area the legit way you actually get from the iron keep mm-hmm. like it is there so there's definitely some kind of connection here um what the relationship is between vendrick's kingdom and the iron key the iron king's uh kingdom i don't know there's also the notion that uh that you know the turtle lance that you see a little bit later yes, uh, you yep, encounter yep. them again and they are explicitly through their armor stated to be golems that were created by the iron king um and oh, that right. vendrick's and vendrick possibly uh got the technology uh from him to make those or there was some kind of more explicit connection and it's also possible that uh that both of them uh dug too deep and uh, are drawing from the same well. So there are like three possibilities there. Yeah. Because isn't there a connection with regards to um, the metals that are, that are used to, to create a lot of the uh, the weapons? The guys steel? That, yeah. That, that seems to, um, one of them seems to be a, a, a vague suggestion of uh, the same sort of metal that made up uh, Artorius' shield and sword. And I'm wondering if, if, if that's got a, a connection to this sort of, you know, this, this lost technology and, and, uh, the hidden aspect. Plus, you've got the, the the big knights sort of wandering around in 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 Hydus Tower of Flames and stuff, and that yeah there doesn't appear to be much in them other than empty husks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, you make your way up through this kind of uh, there's this little housing scaffolding district with trees and everything. Um, if you, you know, as opposed to going up to the top now, um, if you can see this little cave wall, you should jump down onto the house and make your way into this cave and meet, uh, Kale mm-hmm. here, um, who is, uh, there's a, there's the weird, that little trap right before Kale. Yeah. Where you're walking up to him and just a boulder comes, like a perfectly round <laughs> Temple of Doom boulder comes down. Um, like, did Kale drop that on you? What, where is that from? I don't know. It's so weird. Um, but the, uh, you go up there and you meet Kale, who's in kind of an interesting, uh, NPC. Yeah. So he's from Mira, uh, the same place that, uh, Lucatil and several other, um, several other people are, uh, are from. I think that Mira possibly has the most representation, um, mm-hmm. of all the NPCs. And, uh, he came here, uh, for the same reason you did to, uh, you know, to, to try and cure his curse. But, uh, you know, kind of one of the effects of hollowing that we see, you know, a couple of times is a memory loss, but B kind of re- reverting to an obsession a mm-hmm. little bit. And, uh, his particular thing that he got distracted onto, um, was, uh, was map making. So that's why he is, you know, this, the, the, this cartographer. But, uh, it's very tragic because he, you know, speaks with such enthusiasm about this thing, but his initial reason for being here, uh, you know, kind of like breaks through in these little sad asides that become more common. Yeah. Do you yeah. think and, the, the the reason for his enthusiasm for the, for the cartography is because of the, the map that you found? Um, at the bottom of his sort of place in Medula. 
He well, he's he's explicitly uh, kind of obsessed with that map, but he was into maps before that. Mm-hmm. Um, like he talks about how he's squatting in the mansion and he found that map in the basement. But he before that he was a cartographer as well. Oh right, um, okay, yeah. I, I I believe that's correct. Coldy, does that jive with your memory or is that? I, I think that he says, "Oh, I've been enthusiastic about maps for a long time." I don't know if yeah. he was a cartographer before. I like I like CJ's notion of like. The, the, the map being this Lovecraftian artifact that kind of gets a hold of him and, and possesses him or becomes like the uh, the center for his obsession and like triggers that old thing, though. He could and also so, just it, be like trying to like he saw it like we did as a map and is trying to map those areas to real real life in the way that you really yeah. can't in this game. So right. he's just like, if this is a map, let's go here, you know, and then that's where he's at now trying to come up with a correspondence between the two things. Mm hmm. It seems ever more fascinated once the uh, once the, the flames start to start to appear on it. So I'm wondering if that's you know the the, the next stage of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, it could well be you know I, I hadn't really considered it, but it could well be a you know uh, a, a deeper, more sinister connection between uh, the map and him. And yeah. mm. I mean, he, he starts talking about how the, the the flames are like reviving him. A little bit, mm-hmm. like he 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 hints oh, right. that it might be, you know, that like the more of them that come up, he feels restored, and um, eventually, when you light all of them, he forgets who you are. Yeah, that's so sad. Like that's the story that we're going to see over and over is this idea of people coming here and losing your purpose the exact same way you did. Yep. <laughs> um, when you immediately started going on this Vendrick quest, yeah. you think like is is the uh, the Emerald Herald responsible for any of that? Like, are these other NPCs we see, people who came here to cure the curse and she's sending out on these errands for some purpose? <laughs> maybe, like, setting all of them up for you as the chosen? Yeah. But maybe, like maybe is, the reason she's that She's setting they... the bricks of the world up, you know, for you <laughs> to knock down because you, she has this thing she needs you to do. Hmm. But maybe, maybe the, the reason that, uh, that they've left the regular world isn't, isn't sort of this... Um, the, the tragedy that that were painted uh, beforehand with regards to oh you know you've you've forgotten a wife and a child and maybe it's maybe it's something deeper than that maybe maybe it's people that are, that have a calling to to perhaps end themselves or uh, um, have experienced something to which they they wish that they could forget and you know uh, it's a, a wish too far when they lose all of their memories and are drawn to a place that that's unrecognizable. But, and that, and you know, the, the, the first anchor that they've got to being there is, um, this, this giant sort of piece of light that they walk towards. And then somewhere that's just inescapably beautiful to a way that they, they, they can't quite rationalize. And someone that speaks to them with a, with a tone and a, um, and words, which are, which are comfort, which have resonance of love, even if they, they can't anchor them, anchor themselves to the specifics of of what love is. Hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, which know. is like, all a yeah, bit poncy, but it, no, yeah. no, it's 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 very poetic, and I I like it a lot. Like you, like you're basically describing Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, exactly. That's I was going to say. That sounds like um, something like that, or like like River Sticks or something like that, where you know these you you go to try to forget something, or yeah. Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know yeah something well, like they, that. It's and um, the the contrast between sort of uh, the Souls games and survival horror have been, or traditional survival horror have been made a, a number of times as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, within the fact that it's it's genuine scares and it can be uh, unsettling moments that there, rather than the you know the the big 
um, the big budget 360 degree. Look at the thing. Look at the CGI <laughs> thing that we've made. Look at it. Look at it. No, just throw it at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I like, I, I, I feel a deeper connection towards Dark Souls 2 after rationalizing that it might be something that that deep or that that somber or um that dark that's led you there not not just i've i've forgotten the people that i love that it's a wish to want to forget that world mm. Mm. and Wants. that's what that's what's drawn you onwards you know be careful what you wish for once yeah. yeah maybe yeah um yeah, so the uh, after you kind of make your way with Kale, he'll make his way back to Majula, and we'll probably start doing like a meanwhile back in Majula kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of section <laughs> to deal with NPCs as they you know they come up back there. But for now, we're going to go up to the the top of this uh, this rampart, and uh, there's a really cool little optional thing here um, mm-hmm. where if you go up to this this little area, there's a guy throwing firebombs at you, and if you're a melee fighter, you don't want that, so you go up there to try to stop him, <laughs> and what happens? But a, um, <laughs> The uh, a boss shows up early. Pursuer, yeah, pops up. <laughs> so I didn't um, know that this happened until I was on my stream for this playthrough. I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be surprised if 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 there was anybody that didn't go, "Whoa, Mount Madan!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy's bad news. He's floating. He's hovering. He's got red eyes. Oh no! <laughs> you see, yeah. this is this is what America needs to do if they're if they're interested in and in taking over any foreign country. It's like you don't you don't send forces in there. You don't uh, you don't go in with the illusion of, of of taking oil. You get a giant uh, eagle and you essentially drop a Cylon in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they change it into an eagle because it's a huge <laughs> metaphor for yeah. for colonial uh, American colonialism. Uh, America, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I have if if you beat the pursuer now, which is difficult, uh, you get nothing extra. It's just you get an extra pursuer fight, mm-hmm. which is disappointing. Like I thought you would get something super cool for doing this challenging thing. It takes exactly thirty magic missiles to kill him. <laughs> like uh, so, if you ha- if you started as a sorcerer, you can kill him. Right. Um, which person there, in their right also... mind though stands and fights and doesn't just run? Yeah. Yeah, or it doesn't just die. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. immediately because you don't have. So either or is fine though. Like it's kind of interesting that you can just run away from him, and he's like, "All right, you know, I got, I got your number," um, and moves on. Um, so we'll talk about him in a little bit. The uh, uh, but if you kind of continue on, there's that shortcut we alluded to with the uh, flaming barrels in front of the wall, which I really love. Like that is a great, great shortcut. Yeah. Um, you know, because if you have the fire sword at this point, you're attacking barrels because, you know, there might be epic loot in them. And that's what you do because video games um, mm-hmm. and because it's fun. The, uh, you know, it's going to blow up or if the firebombs catch them or if you're a speedrunner, you can do it from the other side of the wall yeah. with, a, with a firebomb. Which is difficult to do. I never found the I never found the place to uh, to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, like the exact yeah. spot you should hit. But, uh, yeah. but I like the, just that blew my mind, pun intended, when I saw that because the, there is destructible terrain in this game, and it's not obnoxious or overbearing with how it peppers it through. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, just the the fact that there is this non-obvious, um, you know, shortcut that 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 just kind of happens, and you could totally miss. Yeah, and it's it's so useful from the other side, though. Oh yeah, but even even then you can miss it though. If yeah. you don't uh, don't if you let's say you're not using a fire weapon or mm-hmm. if the fire bombs just don't happen to hit it. Right. 
or you don't know about it, it's pretty easy to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, su- super, super useful. Yeah. And the, so- um, I think that in general, there's more kind of destructible environments. Like you fight more enemies in areas with kind of crates and stuff around. Yeah. And it creates this kind of really dynamic, like, uh, you know, several times where I was fighting those, um, those turtle knights later mm-hmm. when they do that horizontal, like baseball. You know, kind of knock that knocks you back on your flat on your back. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. land on a crate, and it was just really cool and like felt like from a movie. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> they also so. uh, plow through uh, columns when that happens too. Yeah, uh, they, yeah, which yeah. is just really that I love that stuff. Like it's not obnoxious. It's not like oh, it's Red Faction Two, infinite destructible <laughs> environments. Like uh, it is. It is just it feels really good in the world. Like just adds a sense of weight to everything that's happening. Yeah. It's 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 neat, and, and this is this is a very trivial trivial note. But like, if you look at this wall, knowing that it can be uh, destructed, destroyed rather, um, mm-hmm. you actually see that it's been patched over. Like mm-hmm. it, it is it is of a different texture. It's almost like a concrete rather than masonry. Um, so mm-hmm. that that was kind of interesting coming back through it the second time. It's like oh, like if I was more observant or if I knew what to look for, I could totally see that this would be like a different, you know, like a point of interest. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so you head downstairs after uh, saving and leveling up and everything. And uh, you're in this kind of, uh, you can go three different ways, all of which are present difficulties. Um, there is the blister room, which, mm-hmm. what is the original purpose of that room? <laughs> like, like, well, and we're going to, it's like a, the worst surprise party or something. Like, <laughs> you know, we're, <laughs> like, we're going to, you know, surprise you with five bullets to the face. Um, is the entrance yeah, a, even big enough for giants to get through? Or are they just hoping that one will walk by? Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of them will peek his head in and, and yeah. look for his keys or something and just get an eye full of a dart. Um, but yeah, so you have to kind of set off that trap um, down there yeah. to make it through. And even if you do, then three or four of these soldiers come out and attack you. Yeah, you're far more likely and, to die to them. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I think this, but, that's, uh, that's one of those points where the, the game is, is, is saying, don't trust what 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 initially appears to be apparent because you know you run into that room you're thinking oh i can lure that <laughs> that that turtle guy in and i can get him with the uh with the ballistas and then mm, you know mm-hmm. you've got uh you've got guys hiding behind it so uh mm-hmm. you get the, in the middle um, of that sandwich no 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 <laughs> <laughs> um it's really like worth going in there though you're getting tons of excellent treasure in this area like this is the treasure box for the forest of fallen giants yeah because um, you get the uh, if you're a sorcerer, you get great soul arrow in this area. Um, you uh, go in there and head downstairs. Oh, and those ballistas! If you fire one, you can actually hit the barrels that are next to the turtle knight yeah. across the way and uh, blow right. him up, which is super super useful. Hmm. Um, is is that the only the, mandatory uh, one that you have to fight here? I forget. I don't, um, I don't... The only mandatory turtle knight? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you can run past him. Okay. I mean, uh, ma- mandatory, yeah. quote unquote, that you encounter naturally without going to a secret area. Oh, um, yes. Okay. I believe so. Yeah. Cool. Um, but if you go downstairs here, um, you're in for even, you know, more fun because there's, so there's a door that doesn't open from the side. And in a real interesting trick that I didn't discover until my last playthrough, you have to make a noise on the side and trick the other soldiers on the other side to busting it open. Yep. So if you punch the door, they'll bust it open from the other side, <laughs> and uh, and is, and you get the uh, life ring in there, which is really useful. And then if uh, if you bought a Pharos's lockstone from uh, from Malincha, um you can use that here in those like creepy. Uh, let's <laughs> talk about Pharos for a minute. Yeah, for just a second. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, so, so Pharos, um, he's kind of like the, the, the great thief from, uh, from, uh, Kingsfield a little bit. Um, and that he is this legendary, uh, tinkerer, um, trapsman, you know, device maker kind of guy. And throughout the land, you see these, uh, things that look kind of like faces. Uh, they look like American. Uh, it's almost like American, um, outlet covers to, yeah. you know, to, to a certain yeah. extent. <laughs> it did. Uh, there's, there's a bank that looks just like them. There's like this bank that eats coins. Like mm-hmm. it's a big rubber face. And if you put a coin in its mouth, it starts chewing Ugh. on the coin. It's like this novelty item. It's really creepy. That <laughs> um, looks a lot like the Pharaoh's face plates. Yeah. It's t- t- tiny mouth and two blank eyes. And, yeah. uh, and, and if you, if you pop one of these Pharaoh's Luxstones in, and the, you know, they're, they're, they're very, very rare, especially early on. Uh, so you have to make choices or, you know, it's a little bit of a gamble. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a more restricted version of what is it? The lock picks from, uh, Bioshock Infinite? Uh, yeah, okay. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so there's a, there, there's a tremendous risk reward on this because opening this up now means you can't do something later, although it's very much in your, in your interest to do this one. Yeah, for for the beginning of the game, I feel like most of them are worth it, and then yeah. eventually none of them are worth it. <laughs> um, so, the uh, Pharos is really interesting though because he's responsible for so much. Like, uh, it's not just these faces. Like, there are other things that you see. Um, specifically, those poison spitting statues we're going to run into later. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a huge stack of those in his area. Right. Like, you know, so like that's a technological device. I assume he made those. I hate those fucking <laughs> things. Um, what an asshole he is. Yep. Um, yeah, he's, he, I do not, again, I don't have like kind of a grand, like there's very little, you know, that talks about him in the game, mm-hmm. but pretty much whenever anything is kind of like a machinery or, or mechanized thing, yeah. um, it is, it is Pharos. Yeah, he's basically and, uh, Sen. <laughs> Right. Like, like, yeah. like, like he is the thing that takes sends devices and puts them out into the world. Um, however, I believe on the Lockstone description, it also says that uh, not everything that is attributed to him is actually his. And yeah. so there are Pharaoh's copycats who are kind of out there uh, spreading chaos and destruction in his name as well. It's like the early days of Napster. Like you're like, <laughs> oh, I got this cool... And this cool song by the mini bosses. Oh no, it's the advantage. You know, it's actually kind of following thing. the music theme. Maybe, maybe this is what Pharrell spends all of his money from Get Lucky on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, uh, so Pharrell, when's, uh, when's your new album due? Actually, I'm, uh, I'm gonna be, uh, looking into, uh, traps and things that I can do with bricks, uh, and walls <laughs> and things that I can hide. Yeah. <laughs> is that a concept album? Maybe. <laughs> No, okay, so we need to, it's, it's about election time, we need to revive, uh, our campaign for Trap Snakes 2016. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, we'll never for... go for that. Yeah. Uh, they, they went for Reagan, bad, good point. <laughs> yeah, we, we got, we got, we got two years to. Yeah. To, to turn that around for Snet Trap Snakes 2016. <laughs> yep. No, yeah. We took, took a bit of a hiatus to, you know, to find our idea, to find ourselves and decide, you know, should snakes be the, you know, the, the forerunner and traps the running mate? I think that we are confident that traps can, uh, can, can, can win this with the support of snakes. I think that snakes reach, uh, you know, the Midwest demographic in a way, especially the Southwest and the Sun Belt. Um, and so I, I think, I think that we have a solid platform to run on and we can hold up to scrutiny, especially if somebody isn't very careful as they approach us. Yep. yep, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm in favor of traps. Speaking of traps, there's also the first uh, chest trap down here, which I thought I saw a bloodstain and saw someone die next to it. So I thought mimic. Yep. 
so I smashed the chest to pieces oh. and I was like, oh, that, that idiot who, uh, who, who died for this, it was just rubbish. Who cares? Yep. Um, but then realized that when you smash a chest, it turns whatever was in it to rubbish. Oh, which is heartbreaking. So, uh, that happened yeah, to a yeah. shard for me. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Bonfire aesthetic, dude. Mm. That'll bring it back. So yeah. is this, is this sort of chest trap, was this the, the poison gas? It's a, well, it's randomized. It? Is it? Oh right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a, it's it's either poison gas. I think it's poison gas, petrified gas, or crossbow. Hmm. Um, it can be any of those things. Yeah. And the crossbow. So following should... following through uh, your thought that uh, that the ballista room was the was the biggest surprise party ever. We've got the people. <laughs> yeah. that you've got the, uh, the soldiers that bust yeah. through the door when they hear a noise. Like, yeah. oh, it's here. Who's got the cake? Um, yeah. That. Your presence downstairs. Um, yeah. And then you've got a randomized. <laughs> Sorry about all those blisters. Like, okay. <laughs> it's just, uh, we like, only ordered one, but they brought in so many. <laughs> yeah. I got a like deal on blisters. Like... It's so exciting. <laughs> the punch ladles <laughs> electrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, you, you know, that's the, that's exactly Dad, the kind I of... Dad, I wanted a bouncy castle. Ah, <laughs> uh, nothing says friendship quite like a spear through the heart. Let me tell you about my friend Brian. <laughs> you know, and that's exactly what we can expect for the uh, for, for the campaign fundraising parties and dinners <laughs> for Trap Snakes yeah. 2016. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is wonderfully falling into place, and if there are not badges, buttons, uh, and a uh, stationary set, I'll be... <laughs> I'll be uh, deeply disappointed. <laughs> yep. Oh man! So yeah, that lockstone gets you uh, the Claranthi Clar- ring and uh, a titanite slab, which is crazy, <laughs> and it's communicating to you a little bit about the reduced value of titanite slabs in this game as well. Yeah, like you're going to run into more of them. Like I had like seven by the end of the game. Yeah, you're not. going yeah, to doesn't... kill dark wraiths for hours yeah, and hours to try and get one. Yeah, I mean at the point yeah, yeah. I'm the... at now, I've got I've got loads of titanite shards. I've got a few, quite a few titanite slabs, but it's the large titanite shards which seem to be uh, yeah, in short supply. And the chunks. I mean, yeah. you're, you're actually, mm. you're doing good though because the, the person you ran into in the poison area, um, the shard merchant or what have you, mm-hmm. eventually she will, she'll hook you up. So. All right, cool. Yeah. Now again, not, I don't know how, if you consider that kind of thing a spoiler, but I'm just trying to ease yeah. your worry. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. The, uh, so let's talk about Pete. Yeah. Um, upstairs, my old man or Pete, voiced by Peter Serafanowitz, mm-hmm. who I have sent a couple uh, impotent Twitter bombs at. It's Peter <laughs> Serafanowitz. You love Dark Souls. Come on our show. Yeah. Um, which would just be incredible, but I don't, I don't think it will happen. <laughs> but mm. uh, I think I tried that for 20 months as well. It's like, uh, listen to the new episode. It's got something funny on it, comedy man. <laughs> yeah, you know, you. Oh, Shaun of the Dead. I love look around you. Um, yeah. Oh, he was in the. But, uh, I, I guess I never realized yeah. how how prolific this guy was. Wow! Like uh, there, there were articles about how about how a celebrity loved Dark Souls and got to be a voice, but I didn't realize. I'm looking at this. Holy shit! Yeah. Huh. Yeah, Peter Serafinowicz is the real deal. I've seen him do stand up, and it's excellent. Wow! <laughs> like he's he's very funny. Yeah. He's on Children's uh, Hospital. Did, um, huh. He yeah. did a, um, a a few of the uh, the voices in uh, Lego City Undercover as well, which is bizarrely is a is uh, an all British cast. Which is uh, hmm. considering the the voices that are in there is uh, is a little bit crazy because there are lots of US voices and stuff. But yeah, he's mm-hmm. a supremely talented guy. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of his work here as well. 
Yeah, no. Pate um, is a Pate is a wonderful character because we 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 spend a lot of time, you know, in in the lead up to this, thinking, okay, who's the who's the uh, not Laurentius? Uh, what's his name? Patches. I'm forgetting. Yeah, yeah. Who 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 will be the patches or who will be the uh, um, yurt? The yurt, the yes. silent chief. Yes, yeah. like like mm-hmm. who's going to be the guy who's going to betray you? And Pate, you know, they they're, they're almost explicitly setting him up to be a son of a bitch. Right, like, oh, there are bandits across the land. Here's a trap. I'm yeah. waiting right by it. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, it, there's it, somebody it, that I've met, somebody that I met um, in my game not long ago, who was basically uh, stating that Pate was an arsehole and that he was mm-hmm. he was going to kill him. And well, uh, at this point, I'm not sure about Pate. And I think Peter Serafinovitz was saying that he didn't want to specifically know beyond the dialogue that he was using as to whether he was a, a good guy or a bad yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a joke. Yeah. Like, like, like the whole thing, it is FromSoft playing a joke on you. Mm-hmm. Like this is the guy who gives you the white soapstone. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's in the, the Solaire role in a way. Yeah. Like he helps you out in battles mm-hmm. and making you instantly distrust him based on things that happen in totally different games. Yep. <laughs> like it, it is FromSoft being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And his storyline that actually plays out with the uh, the other guy that, that CJ is talking about, and we'll talk about them later. Um, you know, has nothing to do with you. (laughs) Like it is not, you know, neither of these guys, these people want to fuck you over. Like he's not fucking you over, at least not here, you know? Mm. So, Mm yeah. I just wonder what kind of name is Pate. I mean, how many, (laughs) how many names do do these parents have to go through to settle on Pate? Be like, well, Kale uh, was already taken by the food and the cartographer. So, yeah. Yeah. These folks, they'd be like dogfish. No, that's too hip hop. Uh, It's supposed to be Pate. Swedish. (laughs) <laughs> Hot Wheels too yeah, exotic. It, How about Pate? What does, what does Pate mean? <laughs> uh, to Pate, uh, uh, to brush your teeth upside down, eh? Uh, the back yeah, teeth and then the front, like a rebel <laughs> without a cause, or yeah. like Steve McQueen, exactly like the, Steve McQueen. The, the, uh, everyone's named after a food, like uh, Brave Fencer Masashi. So it's <laughs> or kale, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, dra- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, I am, I am fish, fish pasté. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and also, Pate is an archaic word for somebody's head, too. Yeah, oh yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. he's bald, so yeah, <laughs> makes a sense. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah. He, or at least he, he is in the concept art book. So he definitely is the the, the Solaire role too, because they go out of their way to talk about how his equipment is uh, is is not at all uh, special. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep, exactly. It's it's not always advisable to stand out if you have something to hide. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> How is his spear telling you that? Like he's a perfectly nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> you're trying to troll me from. Well, I mean, like um, he, he could be running from something, but he's he, he, he it might have been a bum rap. He might have been a patsy. Yeah, you know. Yep. Yeah, and it's funny too because he's not. It seems like he's expl- he's lying when he says there's treasure in this area. Um, but it's too dangerous because at first it seems like there's like, I don't know, you find like a radiant life gem or something, mm-hmm. but there is treasure. It's just behind a secret wall. Yeah. Um, there's the, uh, uh, uh a staff, no. you know, a magic casting staff. So if you're not a sorcerer, like it's probably not worth it, but there is treasure down here. He's not lying about anything. Right. So but his body language is, is almost that of the, the crestfallen though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah. sitting there sort of a very sort of relaxed, but downbeat stance, which, which ties into the, the tone of his voice really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep. there's a degree of sinister there, but um, nothing any more than than uh, than crestfallen. Ad. Yeah, it's a chill bro. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Pete. Team Pete. Yeah. Pete trap snakes. Um, <laughs> if you, you can, Pete is Secretary of State. Yeah, Secretary of Pete. Um, <laughs> <Dwayne>. yeah. 
if you uh, 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 you you head you can head towards the the turtle night as we mentioned, but uh, if you make a little detour to the right, you find your first uh, explicit giant corpse. Mm-hmm. I like to think that a lot of these other trees are also giant corpses, right. um, and these are somehow different. And I actually, you know, they are a little they are different because you have an examination prompt mm-hmm. uh, when you actually get to them. Right. Um, but yeah, it's really haunting image. Like it looked like I thought this thing was going to attack me or come to life or. Or something like I really like how these things look. Very much so. The, 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 there's almost like crucifixion imagery to them, with mm-hmm. the way that their oh, arms yeah. are drawn out. Yeah, it's very grim. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then you fight the the old turtle knight, mm-hmm. um, which I love that they they continued the berserk thing of having animal knights mm-hmm. in this game. Like there are several of them, and that's such a cool the, thing. They're 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 not explicitly called turtle knights though. They're they're they're, no, they're, 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 they're old iron knights, right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They're de- they're old ironclad. Yep. I think is what they're called. Old ironclads. I, they're definitely not explicitly called that, but they have turtle shells. Okay. So I'm going to call it turtle knights. <laughs> okay. Um, I, just, I, I, didn't, I didn't know if you were implying that they were explicitly the the, the, the great turtle knight, uh, you know, inspiration battalion. Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. no. Like, and none of the other animal knights you run into have the animal in their name. It's just the right. idea of taking, like, animalistic right, right. Uh, design elements for your armor. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I just like that their attack pattern – well, the, the design isn't just – right this looks cool the the fact that they do that sort of back that fall back and uh, and use mm-hmm. use the um the sort of turtle shell if you will mm-hmm. as sort of one of the most devastating attacks i think is fantastic yeah and they have also, it, 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 also ahead, it could sorry. be uh, could be the looks the, the um the rucksack that melench is looking for <laughs> <laughs> just opens that opening. There's a sleeping bag. There's a flask. <laughs> there, there were Ninja Turtles toys that you could open up their shells and find all their weapons and stuff. All their gruesome treasures. To me, even as a kid, yeah, <laughs> their turtle treasures. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, well, they, they have two ways they explicitly play on your your instincts. One is that backstab thing. So if you're fishing for backstabs, they will fall on you. Mm-hmm. The other is they raise their their hammer up and you go to dodge as if they're going to immediately take it down. But then they run at you. Yep. <laughs> and they'll keep running at yeah, you until. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they are they are set there specifically to counter your instincts mm-hmm. from playing Dark Souls One. Like this is this is these are great enemies. Like these are these are really well designed enemies. Yeah, it's just so funny how they how they do that. They 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 depend on you having this tendency, and then they set about getting you to shed that attachment to those previous mm-hmm. to those previous patterns. It's a lot like the um, the special infected they designed for Left 4 Dead 2. Hmm. Like yeah. Left 4 Dead 1, you, you know, you play that and all that you you get a certain kind of verb set to deal with all those, and then the three things they introduced were all specifically to counter those things. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, you you pass through them and you get to kind of one of my favorite scenes slash set pieces in the game. Uh, you know, you're you're, you're uh, in the blown apart side of this fort that is overlooking the sea, and you have this gigantic sword uh, sticking directly into the side of the building. Yeah, yeah, like from yeah, a visual what, yeah, standpoint, what... holy shit! Well, I remember when we when we first saw that in the the trailer, they threw one of those um, the axe throwing dwarves. Yeah, yeah, on there in, in one of the trailers, and I think that it was me and you were talking about just like well, I don't know what what that is, but whatever that thing is, I want to fight it. Yeah. You know, like whatever's holding that sword, mm-hmm. and uh, it never, never quite on, happens. Didn't the person on that playthrough catch the axe as well? You oh. you can parry it. No, no. I, I mm-hmm. thought in the in the original showing because somebody went, "Oh my god, he caught that axe!" And I, I thought, thought I thought he parried it. I might be wrong though. No, mm, no, no. You probably no. not. But um, yeah. don't know. I, I remember somebody mentioning it at the time and just going, mm. "Did he? Did he 
did catch that. <laughs> um, so it would be, that would that would be really cool if somebody could fling something at you and you could. If you've got a hand free, essentially, that you could uh, you could grab it. <laughs> this is mine. And it would go now. straight into your inventory. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm. yeah, but uh, but this uh, the, this statue belongs to or sort of the blah. This sort of belongs to a statue, so you yeah. you never fight anything of that scale, which is a little bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but it's it's still definitely neat, and I like to think of this just as kind of being you know since this was by the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was facing outwards towards this giant nation, mm-hmm. you know, what, whatever it was like, they just have this gigantic war statue, like, you know, bring it, yeah. bring it people. Um, you know, by then is now just kind of crumbled into dust right. and it looked, yeah, you're, you are right. It looks awesome. Like getting to the, the hand part of that statue, the hilt mm-hmm. and just looking out over the sea is just like incredible. Yeah. Like it feels massive as well. Doesn't it? It's, it's one of those yeah. that, that, that really, it really throws your attention out into the distance rather than it be just being tight corridors and, you know, a, a, a background or a landscape beyond that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's getting into, like, symbolism or semiotics or some bullshit. Like, you know, how it, it's it's invasion, right? Like, you know, like like here is the, the, the very side of this thing being pierced by this. It's phallic imagery. All sex is assault. Uh, no, right. um, no, no, but, but it's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it is, it is very symbolically powerful. Well, at the very least it is as far as like it being something that they created that pointed outwards and yep. is now, and now pointing inwards. inwards. Like, yeah, 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 because, you know, they brought it upon themselves, mm-hmm. you know, this war. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vendor what do you think the reasoning is be, um, for the, for the design and for, for, for that kind of degree of bombast? Um, is it, is it maybe that they, um, that there were tales that there were giants across the other side of the ocean and that if they built um, a, a, a facade, if you will, which showed, which which displayed something bigger than the giants themselves, that, hmm. that they may turn back and be, um, I don't know, uh, more cautious hmm. that there was something that, that could, you know, over the, over the, the top of the ocean that would, uh, that was staring back at them and was, and made them feel, tiny my my question about that would be whether or not this fort predates the conflict with the giants right because yeah, that is yeah. that is implied to be relatively you know a recent thing in this history um mm. where whereas the you know the, the the fact that the fort you know kind of extends down below into this I, I i get the sense that it you know like again like everything is a remnant of another kingdom here uh that that might also be the case um but that doesn't mean that they you know didn't build the statue more recently i mean you see the kind of the sister statue alongside this uh when you're up on the top you know the, the like the top ramparts um so you know it, it, it very well could have been uh, a display of hubris like you're saying i i like to think that the statue the statue didn't come up like the statue seems older than that like the the war with the giants seems to have like a relatively quick turnaround you know like mm-hmm. they they cross the sea back after and vendrick didn't know about the giants right. beforehand um, because he learns about them once he's kind of tempted into going across and getting this thing. Right. You know, so I don't know if this, the people in this world knew about the giants beforehand. I think he learns about them after he goes and steals from them. Mm-hmm. If I remember like the, the chronology. Right. Hmm. Yeah. It's very cool though. Yeah. It looks really good. Um, you know, and, uh, and you, you kind of move through this place, you unlock your last shortcut, which is super merciful, takes you more or less directly to the boss. Right. Um, and, uh, you head down this elevator to, uh, to go fight this first boss. Um, if you did Pete's little side quest, you can summon him for this. Yeah. Um, which you don't have to, to continue his storyline, which is, you know, useful. 
Right. Um, but you can if you want. And I think if he dies when you summon him, though, I think that it does end his storyline. Yeah, so that's that's one of my biggest bummers, and it's one of my secret, like, I hope they patch this out kind of things. Yeah. Um, fixing NPC quest lines like that, because that is a little bit harsh. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, like, I mean, according to our buddies on Facebook, they're saying that ring that makes enemies aggro you, mm-hmm. like, kind of takes care of that. But then um, okay. ENB did a, a, a playthrough, and it didn't work for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he tried it with a Smelter Demon later, and uh, it, it didn't didn't work. And he lost. Uh, so I don't, yeah. 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 Which, so that, that sucks. And I still haven't done the keep everybody alive quest for these things. Like it just, it's just too hard. Like, right. you know, and it's just, uh, yeah. So I've only been able to keep Luca Teal alive for, for two fights. Right. So out of the, the requisite three. Yeah. Yeah. And I lost Ben Hart. So yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it is, it is hard. I wouldn't mind a change for that. Like, I mean, ultimately in the end, I'll end up watching their special dialogue on YouTube and won't be that much poorer for it, mm-hmm. but it is frustrating. Right. So, yeah. But, um, uh, oh. let's talk about the, the, the last giant. Yeah, yeah. I uh, this this intro is is so good. <laughs> is it metal? Like the, the it, it, it is <laughs> fucking metal. Like that red filter that comes on. It reminds mm-hmm. me of um, uh, Kill Bill mm-hmm. when she sees somebody she wants to kill, and that you know siren comes on, and then yeah. the, the red filter mm-hmm. comes on. But this this whole like what I immediately thought of when I saw the last giant was that bit in the Design Works book where it's like where he's rejecting the design for the undead dragon. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, you know, where is the where is the sadness and dignity? Yeah, you know, to this boss, and this boss has tons of sadness and dignity. Mm-hmm. Like it is just a tragic, tragic figure in every part of it. Yeah, the sound, like the way it screams, the way it like kind of tears itself loose from all this thing, all the like human sized weapons sticking out of it. Yeah, you know, it it is it personifies this kind of sad dignity. Right, and even even beyond that, you know, when you when you read the description of his soul, he he desperately wants rest. He wants to mm-hmm. die, like you know. He is he is in suffering, but he has this soul that is so powerful that it you know that that, that it forbids him from getting any kind of like respite. So mm-hmm. so you know he is probably you know he, he probably wants you to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but also he's not going to go down without a fight. Yeah. You know, as far as the stuff, like he still you know hates you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it is it is you know it is a first boss fight. Like it is an easy first boss fight. Um, there's not too much to it as, you know, mechanically to it, but that's, you know, you're seeing this thing right, uh, at the edge of its power, you know, at the end of its power. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about Dark Souls 2 is that there are more boss fights and there are several of them that feel like on first blush are too easy, mm-hmm. but many of those that are, that feel like they are too easy have something that comes later that recontextualizes them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is the first of those. And that makes me very happy. Like when that happened, I was like, Oh, yeah. okay. Like that's how that's that how he stands got... in contrast to this. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Um, and that that's gonna I will comment on it every time I've noticed it, but it just <laughs> keeps coming up. Yeah, you know, like it, and it's so it's so cool. Like these things don't exist in a vacuum; they are gameplay reflections of later things or other things in the series. Right. 
You know, like hmm. it might seem simple at first blush, but it actually, if you consider it next to something else, it is more complicated. Speaking in, 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 in as vague a term as possible, do you believe that he is the thing from later, having fallen onto that uh, column? Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that, that, that's, that's my take. That might take two. Yeah. So, hmm. um, yeah, agree, disagree, people who know. Without spoiling it for CJ. <laughs> uh, thank you. I, I, I think that um, a lot of Souls imagery um, can resonate with with things from from childhood for me. Like uh, you know, I did, I've mentioned before that I'm a really big fan of Harryhausen, and there's a there's a lot um, there's a lot that, that that touches on that throughout the games. But there's something uh, almost like a, a terrifying sock puppet about this mm. uh, about this creature, which and and the, the way that it, it moves, almost like a a pipe cleaner kind of way, and the the point where it ripped its own arm off to to try and try and sweep and swipe. I was like, I felt like applauding at that point. I was like, yeah, I like that. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's a wonderful nightmare. Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, it, there's something depraved about it. There's something, you know, just the, the fact that it is wasted, uh, like mm-hmm. this. And, you know, there, there, there is the question and it's, you know, it's, it's raised, but never quite resolved. You know, they say that Vendrick started taking the souls of the giants and turning them into golems. And I was never quite clear if we're fighting the, the giants in their original form, if these are hollow forms of those things, or if we were fighting the golems that were kind of like left behind. I like I I have no idea. I don't know if you if you're taking it to that, you could almost say that maybe the these sort of twisted wooden forms are almost like the the the, the skeletal forms of of whatever was bigger or right. Mm. You know the giants themselves. I don't know. Like in in the process of being treeified. Yeah, and or, or, almost like they, that uh, that sort of sock puppet type face as well. Almost seems like it it's reversed in a way, almost like a, a face that's been pulled inside out. Right. Um. So so that could uh, I don't know most like, faces. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Yeah, and and kind of meaningfully, like the you know at some point halfway through this fight, he rips his own arm off to <laughs> yeah. use it as a club to reach you better, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, again, there's not too much to the actual mechanics part of it, but that happens and it's an amazing set piece. It extends his mm-hmm. reach and, you know, like yeah. it's, it's also, it's, it's, it's also worth noting that, uh, you can target his legs. So they mm-hmm. bring back the demon souls thing of hitting different areas of the enemy. Um, yeah. you know, uh, so the, so, you know, as you are, you know, fighting him melee, you are, you know, standing under him and trying to avoid his stomps. But when he rips his arm off, he gets the ability with his with his arm attacks to actually like swing under him. So you know, it, it basically changes what you what you have to dodge, and also yeah. extends his reach, to, uh, you know, to, to to a large extent. Yeah. yeah, it pushes you out of your comfort zone, which is you know the the, the point where you think you've got your in. Yeah. Um, yeah. When he when he does that, it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah. So uh, beating him, you get his soul. And uh, and you get the soldier's key. It's not the key for the door right outside, which you think it is. And right. um, that's the one we mentioned uh, from the Iron Keep. But it does open up a couple of areas um, here that are at this point totally optional. But we're going to talk about anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can get up on these kind of cliffside walls from that sword area and do the uh, second boss fight in this area, um, the pursuer.
yeah. which we, we talked about a little bit before, but here he is properly introduced. Yeah. And boy, is he introduced on, mm-hmm. on, on an Eagle's wing, uh, dropped yep. down, um, pretty much a direct callback to the, to the red eye Knights too. Like when he spots you, he goes full Cyclops and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like very much you can tell he has clocked you. He's got a beat on you and he is, uh, is ready to come after you. Yep. Um, this is such a good fight. Like, there's so, there are lots of fights in this game that are, uh, like duels. I feel like, you know, FromSoft overheard me or other people say that Artorias was my favorite boss fight from Dark Souls 1 (laughs) and made several fights that are like, if you get good at dodging and rolling through things, you can just kind of learn these patterns and do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and like, I can fight, like, I fought Pursuer a bunch of times now and I can do, um, you know, I can fight him without getting hit. Like, I can, I know all of his attacks and it's just very satisfying. Um, you know, just to fight him like a, as a swordsman. Um, his kind of like his gimmickry, you know, he, he floats around, he moves fairly quickly. He has this curse blade, mm-hmm. um, that if he hits you with, it's unblockable and it will curse you. Um, curse, however, is much more merciful yep. this time around. Um, it just hollows you by one degree, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, uh, you know, outright killing you. Right. But, uh, the gimmick for this fight is that there are two ballista, um, hanging out in his arena, um, that are difficult to, to hit him with as he moves around too much. So there's kind of two ways to do it. Uh, if you summon help, you can kind of kite him around and someone else can hit him with the ballista. Or the super cool speedrun trick is you, you run up to the, the first one, parry him, and then you can immediately hit him with a ballista and take off 99% of his health. <laughs> um, so you can kill him in about, you know, 15 seconds. That's funny. Um, in number of I can, the summon I fights that I've, in number of the summon fights I've been in, um, it's often it's other players that can be your worst enemy in this because you can you can take a hit from those ballistas from them, can't you? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, you have to be careful. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems like everybody has a story about that going wrong for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't. Uh, I can. I'll confess. I didn't notice the ballistas on the first time I fought him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was more destructible scenery, and not least of which because he can destroy them. Yeah, you know. So if you're if you're trying to use them as cover, he smashes them out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty great. I mean, you know, there's a lot of speculation about what his significance is. If you look at, uh, the description of his, you know, of his soul and, and then the items that you can derive from it, you know, the, 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 the supposition within, within the game is that he is seeking out people who are cursed in order to, um, atone for his own sin. So the idea is every, every cursed person he kills, uh, takes one sin off of his, uh, off of his record, right? Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. he, he's pretty much like a bounty hunter through and through. Like he's he's loaded down with weapons. He's got quivers upon quivers. He actually kind of reminds me of uh, Gilgamesh from the Final oh, Fantasy yeah. games, because, just just because of the arsenal that he carries around with him. I always thought of that as the uh, arsenal he was taking from the people he killed. Oh, like trophies. Like since he doesn't like use them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought of it as. <laughs> yeah, since he never uses them. Right. So he so he's sort of M- uh, Melanchia's pinata then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, I thank you, dearie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I can't. I can't wait for the, uh, you know, the people to do the Melencia versus Pursuer fight. The guy who's doing those, uh, <laughs> yeah. those, those Lord That's, and, that's uh, the point where yeah. she just she she kicks in like a Yoda in those terrible uh, recent Lucas sort of Star Wars <laughs> things, where she just sort of clicks clicks around a little bit and then goes sort of full on ninja. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, pulls, George. Pulls out two Moonlight blades. <laughs> yeah that's that's the one where she uh she'll actually pull out one of the twin blades and sort of go uh, go a bit darth maul 
Hey, again, Peter Savanowitz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it all ties in. Wheels within wheels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, killing the pursuer gets you uh, gets you access, uh, through, you know, through this uh, statue head uh, here um, to a, a, a nest which you can hop into, and that actually takes you to the backside of an area that we're going to get to a little bit later, the Lost Bastille. Um, yeah, which I, I did next, like in its entirety. Really? Oh, wow. Before I found, yep, because I did not know there was another way to go. That would be tough. So I, I only found that, that entrance yeah. yesterday hmm. when I was just sort of running back around sort of uh, Forest of the Fallen Giants, just seeing if there was anything I hadn't clocked, and I was like, Oh look, it's one of those nests for the smooth and silk. Where am all these guys here? Where am I going? And I'm here. Why? Again, again, repeating the imagery of crows taking people to and from uh, 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 prisons for the undead. Yeah, like uh, that to me, like seems like such a. If if it's an eagle, which is like, yeah, okay, so it's not. He's not has no ties to Velka. It's an eagle. Like that is the only difference. Like he is punishing people for their sins. He has this nest thing that takes you to an undead jail. Like it is the only difference is a color palette. Like if that eagle was all black, no one would think that he had nothing to do with Velka. It is such a like, and, and the change happened late enough. Like there's evidence that the change happened late in development. Like mm-hmm. it still screams Velka to me. I don't know. Like I, I'm not, you know, I won't die on that hill, but it still seems very related to, you know, maybe the ways that that goddess, you know, the way that the the perspective has changed you know, on what is considered a sin mm-hmm. or what um, what you are doing in this game. The fact that, you know, you are kind of being a patsy, mm-hmm. like that is considered, you know, what you're going to do is actually what they're trying to stop as opposed to encourage. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's more to it that I do not understand. It, you, you could also be, be you, you could also be singled out for uh, what happens later or earlier, depending on how you look at it. The fact yeah. that this battle takes place here is possibly significant. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, exactly. So, so, so you, you, think, you, you assuming a bigger role makes you kind of a bigger target. Good. Do you think with you, with you saying that, um, that the pursuer is, um, atoning for his, for his own, for his own sins, that perhaps the eagle, um, represents the, the bird relating to, to that form of, um, I don't know, uh, how can I put this? Velka, um, Velka was, it always seemed like was, was, was seeking some sort of serendipitous sort of revenge mm-hmm. in Dark Souls that maybe the eagle is kind of the, uh, the opposite bird to that. The one that's, that's helping someone atone for the sins or is, or, or by, by taking of lives, you know, like a, 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 a yin to the yang, if you will. The, the, hmm. the eagle, of, the eagle of penitence. And there's also yeah. like there's there's also the notion that uh, you know crows are scavenging birds and eagles are to a certain extent as well. But like the the, the eagle is more more explicitly a bird of prey, which actually lines up with the yeah. you know yeah, the yeah. pursuer as well. Uh, you know better right. better than the crow does. Um, yeah. You know de- right, devoid right. of the Velka connection. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Even though he does scavenge the weapons from true. Is uh you know so it's it's I think I posted something on Facebook and somebody on there was arguing about it about how I feel like this game has more red herrings than Dark Souls one does and this yeah. is the kind of thing I mean is like contradictory kind of lore stuff like it's it's harder to I think to find a unified and it's possible that just both things are true in time is timey wimey mm-hmm. but I don't I don't like resorting to time as timey wimey. Like I think that we have to and we did plenty of times in the first season but I feel like it's the last refuge of a scoundrel like. You know, well, it's just everything's goofy. Yep. You know, let's give up. Like, I try not to do that. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, Pursuer is really cool. Um, and we'll talk about him more later as well. Yep. Because he um, pops up. Because there well, may or may and, not be more than one. <laughs> well, there, yeah. there definitely is more than one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. yeah. Um, so you, uh, you can go down here and you can find a really good, you know, probably the first 100% block shield and a really good set of armor, the Drenglake armor, mm-hmm. um, down after the Pursuer, which was owned by Captain Drummond, mm-hmm. um, who is kind of the, the, uh, knight captain of right. Vendrick's army. The, the, the Drain Lake I, armor kind of looks like the Channeler's helmet, too, which is yeah. probably a completely false connection. <laughs> I can see it, though, a little bit. I think it's a, it's one of my favorite armor sets in uh, in the, the whole of the Souls games. I just think it looks absolutely magnificent. Yeah. yeah it looks really cool. And the pants of my boxer lady who I'm playing now, I'm just wearing the pants. And they look yeah. like tight leather pants. So <laughs> her running around in a sports bra and tight leather pants just punching everything to death. Like, I got a little bit of poise. I look Hot. real cool. It's not too heavy. Is, yep. is this something you want to confess to us? <laughs> she has big blue, big blue uh, pigtails. I'm doing like sucker punch the game. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> For some good. reason. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, I yeah. So I got the drain lake armor. So in, in the playthrough that I'm doing for this for, for the show, um I I got the old whip on my first uh on my oh, first sweet. Yeah. So and because I started as a knight I have this red armor so, and and so I pretty much am Simon Belmont. So I don't want to change out of the falconer <laughs> armor because I have a whip in this red armor. And like yeah. it's perfect. And that whip is good. Oh, it's fantastic. Like you upgrade that whip. It's it's a really powerful weapon. Yeah. Super cheap durability but really powerful. Mm-hmm. The old whip is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, because the, the only whip I've I, I've I've got that whip, but I haven't used it. The only one I've seen is the is the one in uh, Hunter's Cups, where mm-hmm. one of those sort of guys jumps off a plinth and comes at you, and might yeah. as well just be tickling with you with, with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is a different, very very special whip, and it's also yeah, this isn't your daddy's whip. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Any kind of. Yeah. I know. Operators are standing by. <laughs> <laughs> um it's also you know just uh just a wonderful piece of evidence how one drop like like one lucky drop can change an entire playthrough because yeah. i was initially going to go strength but it's like i guess i'm dex now <laughs> yeah. i on my one of my playthroughs and that first nest i found the channeler's trident is the first time i've gotten that in either game and i was like can i do i want to do a whole playthrough based on this and I was like, ah, <laughs> but if i had the stats to use it then i definitely would have because it was super powerful yeah um the other optional area you can get with this uh just leads you to a closed door that says produce the symbol of the king mm-hmm. um you need to be more kingly mm-hmm. um and uh we'll talk about that much later yeah so in like nine months so, <laughs> yeah. you know, or is it not, not quite that long like six months we'll talk about that yeah um and yeah. then I, I forgot to put this here as well but uh going back to kind of the area by the ladder you get into the into an area that has a bunch of old iron knights the the, the soldiers rest area which oh, seems yeah. to have no significance whatsoever yeah. Um, it, I mean, it only does like a little bit. The, um, the giant corpse that's there is kind of interesting. Um, every time you're invaded in the game, mm-hmm. you get an increased chance of it producing a seed of the tree of giants. Really? Um, yeah. Um, and eventually you get one, uh, the seed of the tree of giants, which you could take with you, uh, uh as a starting gift if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, mechanically, uh, is interesting because it turns, um, enemies towards the, to be aggressive towards the, an invader. Right. Which is, that's a, that's a cool mechanic. Um, but lore wise, it's really nice. Like it has this whole, um, there's two items like that and the fading ember. I, mean, I don't know if it's the fading ember that I feel like fading it's kind soul. of, yeah. or not the fading soul, the, um, the dim ember or the doll ember, um, mm-hmm. that just say the, uh, the themes of the game outright. Yeah. And this is one of them. And it just kind of says something like, you know, uh, 
you like you're always tied to the cycle of life or, or something like that. If you have a handy goal, do you have that? Uh, In one and then you can type without without making a clatter like I can't. <laughs> yeah. If I look it up, it sounds like we're yeah. being bombed. So the uh, so the, the the description on the sea of the tree of giants is when gi- when the giants fell, they grew into great trees. Death is not the end for anything that has ever uh, once lived remains a part of the great cycle of regeneration. But what of those outside the cycle? So yeah, like yeah. straight up. And I know I noted that because I took the seed of the of the tree of giants as my first gift, and I was like, "Huh, that actually just is the theme." So that's cool, yep. I guess. And I yep, can't yep, yep. I can't find the description for the uh, for the doll for the doll ember, but um, yeah, the doll ember uh, says something like um, it is perpetually uh, on the the brink of going out, but mm-hmm. is or maybe that's just its natural state, right? Yeah, which is, you know, something like, oh, maybe that's what's going on here. Like, we're not actually fighting against the dying of the light. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, we're just in a perpetual twilight. Mm-hmm. And that's what things are, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yep. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. And that's the Forest of the Fallen Giants. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good area. The Souls games continue their tradition of having, like, really excellently done, very layered intro areas mm-hmm. and like lots of shortcuts and double backs and and it's big too like there's a lot to this yeah yeah i think like like the boletarian palace though it's it's a fun area just to to return to and play mm-hmm. um and it's it's one of those as well that you always know a good game where even if you're not playing it if you in the back of your mind that you could walk through it and you know every every place to go uh, you know the enemies that you're coming up against and with without even having it on the screen at the, at the time i think that's a that's always the, the sign of a a strong piece of design and and something that's really got its hooks in you All right. Well, um, yeah, that's it for for this episode. Um, you know, next episode we're going to be talking about uh, Hyde's Tower of Flame, and I'm very excited to say we're going to be joined by uh, Lobos Junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike is his his real name. He is a streamer and uh, you know Twitch personality who I am a huge fan of, and he is a pro click. Mm-hmm. If right now he is wrapping up his all bar- bosses Dark Souls two run using the Handmaid's Ladle, yep, um, which is the <laughs> joke weapon. Uh, you get from, bard. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's incredible. Like, there's all these YouTubes up where it's like killing the rotten with the Handmaid's Ladle, killing the ancient dragon with the Handmaid's Ladle. Like, he is a, a testament to patience and and uh, strength of will in a way that uh, you know is just very impressive to me. And he has done some of the most fun runs that I've seen. Um, so just YouTube, you know, subscribe to that guy on YouTube. Yeah. Check him out on Twitch. Um, yeah, he just does a lot of really fun, fun, super fun gimmick runs of uh, Dark Souls 1. Um, there's one where he modded it so he had infinite stamina but couldn't stop running. <laughs> so you're sprinting the entire time, which, like, makes it, you know, that doesn't seem, you know, it seems like, oh, that'd be great for a speed run until you realize it means you can't go down ladders yep. <laughs> because you're always pressing up. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and he's, he's done one where you have one, uh, you know, one stamina, so... Anything staggers you and you can't roll or block, you know, like things like that. Like he just does a lot of really interesting ways to, uh, to kind of tweak the game hmm. and, uh, yeah, very, very fun to watch. And I, I'm really excited he decided to come on the show. So looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So by, uh, by way of admin, CJ, where can people find you? Uh, people can find myself and my, uh, my internet wife, Paddy. 
um, doing our <laughs> Twin Humanities podcast at uh, twinhumaniticespodcast.tumblr.com uh, or you can say hello on Twitter at Coffee Jesus. That's with a Z in the middle of the Jesus. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, um, really honoured to be on, to be on again. Big fan of Bonfire Side Chat, and uh, also, I, you know, it's it's a, it's a constant uh, constant thrill, I guess, that the that the community's so tight and so so wonderfully woven uh, together in Dark Souls in itself. So, uh, yeah. um, you know, I, I genuinely appreciate you having, you having us on, and you know, if there's anybody that's listening that fancies checking out our little podcast as well, come and come and say hello. Yeah, we yeah rec- recommended. Very much recommended. It's always a wonderful time. Yeah, it's Thank always you fun to have much. you, today. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, where can people find us, Cole? Well, uh, we are on DuckFeed.tv, uh, which is a network of a bunch of shows. Um, if you would like to participate in the conversation, um, we are now taking responses for Hades Tower of Flame and the Blue Cathedral. Um, you can either do that at DuckFeed.tv slash contact, picking Bonfireside Chat from the drop-down menu, or check us out on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash Bonfireside Chat. There is plenty of awesome stuff going on there. Um, including uh, our resident fan artist who is posting production stills and production videos from the upcoming uh, Lego Dark Souls version that uh, stars <laughs> Gary and myself. Yeah, which is which is the singularly most flattering thing that's ever happened to me. Pretty much, <laughs> like it, it is that's so like cool. I, I love those so much, Allison. Like that, is, I am such a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Like it is that makes my my week every time I see it. So yeah. Uh, thank you so much. And, and they're also very, very cool. It's not just awesome because it's, uh, you know, ego, ego bucks. It is also just very, very cool. She's very talented. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you can go, you know, if you go to duckfeed.tv, you can check out, um, our other shows. Watch out for fireballs is kind of the flagship. If you like this show, I think you'll like that one. And um, we talk about old games mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of go through them a little bit more zoomed out than this, but, uh, still kind of taking a thoughtful examination of the entire product. Uh, and if you if you want to get us with our ties loosened, you know, putting our feet up, there's abject suffering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which that's where we just go to chill out. Yeah, no, no, it's it's duck feet after dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just just, uh, just old reruns of Emmanuel. Um, but, but <laughs> no, no, but uh, we, we we similarly we pick a game, but it's a bad game that people uh, recommend, and then we proceed to not talk about it at all. Um, so. <laughs> For the for the most part, yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 for for a pro a pro click, if you're looking for a way to get into that, the body harvest episode um, has possibly one of one of my favorite and Gary, you've said as well uh, moments uh, from a podcast ever. <laughs> which yeah, that we have a little we have a little uh, uh, excerpt up on the SoundCloud page uh, in the in the uh, snippet section, which uh, which is uh, is a pro click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one to get started with. Um, if you also you like video games. Two other shows you should check out are uh, The Level and Check It Out Comrade. Um, the Level, a video games roundtable show, and Check It Out Comrade, a show about indie games mm-hmm. um, that Cole and I do respectively, um, apart from one another. And if you like comedy, uh, Cole currently has running Those Damn Ross Kids, which is a show he does with his brother, um, which kind of takes a weird news format and is very fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a bunch of shows in the archive um, of various kind of formats yes. um, that are all up on the site and archived in their glory. Yep. And uh, worth checking out. And I swear to Christ, the hex crank article about uninvited is like two, <laughs> two thirds of the way written. Dark Souls two yeah. took away all of my writing time, and now I'm getting back to a point where I can sit down and think thoughtfully about uh, about many ways to die. So yeah, and yeah. and uh, just in a final like speaking of writing, um, if you want to read uh, writing by me, if you go to the yearbookoffice dot com, um, I have you know have articles there from time to time. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, recently posted one. So if you want to check out some of my writing, you can find it there. Yeah, we are prolific motherfuckers. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. Um, So to speak. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, to to, to not mince words. Um, Yeah, so uh, until next time, uh, what can they do, Cole? Uh, they can check out duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and use the Amazon link. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Gotta, yeah, we we, yeah. we got to keep the lights on. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but uh, additionally, uh, what they can do next time is uh, seek misery. Yep. So the less the land, swallow you whole. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> Basta. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. <laughs>